Welcome back to Baytown Engage. Jamie and I have a very special guest with us today, the ruler of all of Baytown, the, the manager of oh all of things. Oh my gosh, we're, I feel like... <laughs> you're the second person to call me special. Our my mother was the first. <laughs> yes, we Our are. very own city manager, Mr. Rick Davis. Welcome to Baytown Engage. Well, thanks. I, I've been really anticipating the opportunity to, to be on a podcast. I, I've never done this before. You've never been on a podcast. Well, I think we kind of tried it out. I was when we first started thinking about doing this, but it wasn't much of This is the hottest podcast in town, so it welcome. Is. It is. Welcome, it is. welcome, welcome. It's the only one you should really worry about. It's the only one you should listen to. So. Absolutely. Everything if you're listening to anything else, I mean, shame on you. This is the right. thing. This Except, the of thing. course, for the library's other podcast, where oh, we tell oh, you course, about yeah. books yes. that you should read. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. So let's get started. Mr. Davis, please remind us how long you've been here in your connection to Baytown. So I've been visiting the Baytown area since I was about four years old. Childhood. Yeah, three, four years old. My, my grandmother lived out in this area, and this was always my summer home. We'd come out here for weeks at a time, and I'd visit my grandmother. I had another grandmother out in southwestern Oklahoma. So we'd do kind of the triangle trip. We'd go visit her, then come down here, and then go back to the San Francisco Bay Area. But working here, mm-hmm. I've been here since July of 2015, so coming up on six years. So it's been amazing six years here in Baytown. I, I have enjoyed it. I, I hope others have <laughs> <laughs> Has it only been six years? It feels it feels so much longer. Of course it I'm does. It's been an eventful you. six years, right? I'm teasing you. It's been a, it's been a whirlwind. It, it has. I mean, every every year we've had some type of emergency that we've had to deal with, unprecedented things. I've learned probably more in the last, oh, nearly six years than I have the rest of my career. That, that leads to a really good next question, which is, since you've been here in those six years, what, what would you call your biggest challenge as city manager? I, I think it's dealing with these contingencies that keep popping up. I, I just never knew it could rain as hard as it could until Harvey. I didn't know what a chemical fire looked like until ITC and Exxon. I'd never been through a tropical storm. And uh, I think the, uh, the pandemic is a first for all of us. So And, and the freeze. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't leave out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I but every year there's something new. There's so, and to the point that I've had to just anticipate that every year there's going to be something that's going to disrupt what we plan to do. And so we've got to be really flexible. Right. So with all of that, because the six years has been so eventful, what are you most proud of in the six years you've been here? So I I think when when I was first interviewing for the job, I asked the council and I asked department heads what the number one need was for the community. And they all agreed that it was some type of central vision. And George Bush used to call it the vision thing. The vision thing. (laughs) Yeah, the vision thing, you know. And I I think that introducing community-based strategic planning, at least to the point that we've been able to identify, I think, with some certainty what citizens believe are most important. And then watching the elected officials somewhat abandon their kind of unilateral approaches to city governance in favor of a more unified vision has really been the most rewarding thing that I've experienced. And we're gearing up to do it again, right? We're gearing up to do it again. So we've uh, had one strategic plan. <clears throat> right. And we're fixing to, see that's what we say in Texas, we're fixing to yeah, we're, uh, to craft the second strategic plan. Yes, yes we are. We have selected our members of our strategic planning advisory committee and in the not too distant future we're going to have an orientation for them and kick off what I call an exercise in deep community listening. Oh, okay. That sounds 
kind of interesting. Yeah. I wonder what we'll hear. So there's always two things that citizens will, broadly speaking, reveal or prioritize during a strategic planning exercise. One uh, that has to be necessarily filtered out a bit are the things that are more recent that are impacting them more immediately. I remember assisting community with their strategic planning years ago, and they were in the midst of protesting the movement of a state prison to their community. And they were up in arms about that, but we were doing the strategic plan, five-year plan for them at that time. And of course, some of the most frequently articulated things in that deep community listening exercise was keep the prison out of our city, no prison. And they were just in an uproar about it. Well, obviously you can't craft a five-year strategic plan around something that's immediately impacting them. Like a single issue, yeah. Right. I mean, had we done it after Harvey, you you would have heard nothing but storm drainage and and, uh, sandbags. We hear storm drainage a lot. Yeah, 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 we still do, but... That their mind is still set on that. But their mind is set on that, exactly. The other thing, obviously, the things we're really looking for is more of a long-term five years. What do you think will elevate your quality of life in the next five years? And so that allows us then to concentrate on resources and our attention on those items. And we're going into our second plan. We're getting ready to craft the second five years. What were some highlights from the first five years? So I I don't think there were any surprises. And as I have described often in the past, the strategic plan is not necessarily powerful in what it reveals, but how it is articulated. So this is a statement from the citizens reaffirming that number one, infrastructure and mobility is king in Baytown. Number two, they're concerned about their uh, reputation and image. The east side of Houston has suffered the what I call the redheaded stepchild syndrome. Careful. For a long one of us, I know we're on radio, but one of us has red hair. Oh, I'm, so oh, mine's partially dyed that color. Yeah. Either natural or dyed. <laughs> dyed yes. Okay. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> but the, this idea that regardless of your hair color, yes. uh, you're just not treated fairly. Right. Like they're, they're, the, the, the the parents have a more favored child, mm-hmm. uh, Katie, uh, or uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know that side of the community, and, and the east side has gone mostly, I guess, unnoticed, undesired, and and the east side is emerging from that right now. But there's still this idea that there's this reputation that all we are is an industrial town, and there's nothing to offer in terms of quality of life. Nothing can be further from the truth. But we still feel like we need to work on our uh, reputation and image, neighborhood quality, community amenities, and finally operational excellence. And I was just pleased that what really surprised me about that first exercise is how reasonable and uh, how intelligent that collective voice of our Baytown citizens was. It wasn't radical, it wasn't harebrained, it wasn't unrealistic, it was centered, it was focused, and it was clear. And that's what we hope to get out of the next exercise. That tends to happen when you've got a lot of participation, right? The... It's like pickles, pixels, not pickles. <laughs> pickles are great. Right. Yeah, they're pixels good. in in a television screen. The more pixels you have, the clearer the picture is. The broader participation in the strategic planning process, the more clear the message is from our citizens. And even radical voices blend into a tapestry of reason when you broaden that base of participation. So I know where you're gearing up for the plan. We have a committee. How was the committee selected and how are the citizens helping craft that plan? Great questions. First of all, the selection is really based on interest. First of all, we opened up a uh, an application process, almost like applying for a job. And I had those interested in serving our strategic planning committee describe their background and their motivations. Both are very important. And the selection 
selection process was based on those two factors. What is their motivation? In a strategic planning process, one thing we want to minimize are committee members that have a singular agenda. Mm. That is not going to allow them to be as considerate of the myriad issues that they're going to come across during the process. For example, if somebody's all about storm drainage, we talked about that earlier, that is not going to bode well for the process in the end. The other thing we're looking for is some level of experience with business processes, strategic planning, that kind of thing. Uh, That's very important too. If we feel like they have the wherewithal in terms of experience and also their motivation appears to be broad, then they certainly are candidates. We have far more candidates than we could ever accommodate, but we chose those that we thought would probably best suit us this go around. And uh, we have nine members. One of them uh, returns from the last uh, strategic planning committee. So he's going to provide the uh, historical framework uh, for moving forward with this. Um, so we're into process. plan number two. Yeah. So how long is each plan? Each plan is is actually programmed for five years. And there's a reason for doing this too. The world today, I, I think if we could go back to the 1970s or 80s, I might have been more in favor of a 10-year strategic plan. <laughs> However, you and I both know that things change so drastically in five years now. I can, I can envision a day, not within the remainder of my career probably, I hope not, but within the next 20 years, where it will be unrealistic to do a strategic plan for longer than three years, five years. Think about what we've heard about. I didn't know what a COVID was five years ago. That's true. (laughs) Not at all. There were other things that have emerged. Zoom just meant, (laughs) had a description of how fast your car goes. You know, it wasn't, boy, that car zooms. I I didn't know anything about Zoom. (laughs) It's a verb now. We're going to Zoom. Social distancing. What does that mean? Et cetera, et cetera. Center. And we can equate a lot of things. And I use the pandemic because it's been the most dramatic thing that's occurred to us. But these changes have happened in every facet of our community. And sometimes so subtly, we don't recognize how quickly the world is changing around us. So we certainly don't want to develop a plan that really is outdated before we can get to the end of that period of time. Five years, is, honestly, is kind of stretching it. Let me ask a question. So it's a five-year plan. Yeah. Is it black and white? Or as you say, the way things evolve and change, are we able to go at it, it's set, and then make changes as we go along? Uh, that is a great, great question. And it points to the purpose of the strategic plan. The strategic plan is not a document that dictates what shall be done. It is a tool for policymakers to determine priorities year to year. And certainly, I never want the council, our policymakers, to be creatures of the plan. I want the plan to be a tool that they use and almost like a template, lay against what they know about the upcoming year and say, what should we prioritize this year, given what our citizens said, but also in the context of 2021, for example. You know, what what should be, you know, the most important thing? Certainly, there are things that we have to do in this coming budget year, for example, and we're about to have a retreat with the council, second retreat, a prioritization exercise tomorrow. And certainly, they're going to consider the prioritization of various initiatives against the backdrop of what we know is happening in 2021. But guiding there, almost like bumpers in a bowling alley. If you're not a very good bowler, you know, you know they put those bumpers out there. So I'm very 
familiar with a bunker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You, you never can't make a gutter ball, right? <laughs> right, right. Think of the strategic plan like that, so that at the very least, we're going to hit some pins. You're not going to throw a gutter ball. Without a strategic a plan... great analogy. I really like that. <laughs> without a strategic plan, I describe it this way, and I think I did in answer one of your questions earlier, is it's like throwing a dart at a dartboard a football field length away in the dark and hitting the bullseye. The chances of success without asking the people you serve what's most important is astronomically improbable. What about, there's nine committee members that are going to participate kind of deeply in the process. What if people who are not on the committee, residents who are not selected or are just hearing about this now, are they going to have ways to kind of get their voice heard? Yeah, great question. And absolutely. We had over 4,000 participants the last time around. We hope to triple this. Why? Because now we have virtual instruments and tools that we did again. Zoom. Zoom. There you go. And Baytownengage.com. Baytownengage. I mean, just fabulous tools. And I, I say our staff here ha- have developed tools to, to reach people in ways that we never even imagined five years ago. You're going to call us amazing. It's okay. It's, yeah, amazing. It's, it's all right. Well, everybody knows Yeah. Uh, my, my bias towards our staff. They're geniuses. They're, they're creative. And they're passionate about inclusion. And that's the key. That's really the beauty of strategic planning is that if you want to participate in crafting a vision for our city for the next five years, there is no reason why you cannot be a part of that through focus groups, through Baytown Engage, through surveys, through virtual workshops, and I hope in-person workshops. We'll, we'll see how things go. We're, get, we're getting there. We're, we're getting, getting there. there. So now we've got everybody excited yes. for the strategic planning process. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody can roll up their sleeves and pitch in a little bit. Yep. What else you got? I would love to know from you, someone listening from not from Baytown. Your voice is the voice. You're going to pull them into Baytown Engage. You're going to pull them into Baytown. What do you want people to know about Baytown that they may not know? Well, first of all, if you suffer from that stigma that I <laughs> I mentioned earlier where, uh, you know, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and my brother used to have a bumper sticker on his car. He still lives in San Jose and is, it says, there is no life east of I-5. I-5 is, uh, is the road that pretty much dissects uh, California that down the middle. That is a very narrow view of oh, ge- Geography and I was raised on that view. I mean, yeah. I used to go on these vacations, you know, come out, come out to here. And honestly, you know, my dad would take, you know, Route 66 or whatever, tells you how old I am, you know. And I'd look out the window and go, it's like the moon. It's a big world. I mean, we've left the Bay Area. We've left her. Well, unfortunately, I haven't lived in a metro area from Salt Lake to Phoenix to, to now the Houston area where there isn't some idea that past a certain point, we we just don't want to go out there. Uh, and I do I agree that people have begun to discover the east side of Houston as a jewel that it is. And we're starting to see that now. But I want to reinforce the idea to people that, that live in the Houston area to come out and visit what I call the capital of the east side of Houston, which is Baytown. Culturally, economically, and other and in any other way, Baytown is really what I call the center of, of life, east of I don't know Broadway and in, in, in uh, Houston whatever whatever you want to call it we we are a dichotomy I there uh, it's almost a contrast really when you consider that we are a petrochemical hub but we have some of the best outdoor recreation opportunities in the Houston area our waterways our trails uh, opportunities to fish kayak just walk and, and uh, connect with nature we had one of the finest nature preserves I think in the Houston area in 
our nature center. So I come out and experience Baytown and experience another side of the Houston area. I'm wondering if anybody ever knew existed. Well, they do now. They, yeah, they, they do, do now. now. They do now. And when you're in town, stop at the library and say hello. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Sterling Library is not a library. That's a misnomer. It is a learning and experience center. Well, you need it, to be here every day to say that when they walk in the door. I oh, it. It, it is. It is so much more important than than people really realize. This is what I call the belly button of our community. It all comes together here. I am not here. sure I have ever been called a belly button. <laughs> well, are you an innie or an outie? That's the question. Just, I, just, I think we're both here. I just you know? want people to come visit us. I'm going to change my logo. It's the, <laughs> it's the best municipal library I've ever been associated with in my career. I'm so proud of it. And I think it's just scratched the surface of what it can be. And Baytown's just scratched the surface of what it can be one day as well. That is fantastic. See, think, yeah. see how I tricked him into going there? But it, it, I did. <laughs> he went there. I think that's great. Well, we are so happy that everybody tuned in today and that the city manager was able to spend some time with us this morning. Uh, Enjoy. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Baytown Engage. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. Stay tuned.